Hello, this is Erin Weir. The journey to being a successful creative entrepreneur is filled with challenges, hard work, and occasional high points. You have the opportunity to minimize the challenges and hard work by learning from experts, mentors, and leaders that have traveled the same road before you. The Creative Genius Podcast celebrates you and your hard work and helps you shortcut the path to profit and renewed passion. Enjoy this episode with my co-host, Gail Dobie of Gail Dobie Coaching and Consulting. Today, I'm pleased to introduce Lori McRae. Lori is an interior designer and founding partner of Frederick McRae Limited, an architectural and interior design firm located in Grand Cayman, Cayman Islands. She is originally from Toronto, Canada and relocated to the Cayman Islands in 1999. In 2011, she started her own firm with a local architect. Today, they are a multidisciplined team of nine talented individuals specializing in both commercial and residential design projects. September 1st, 2021 marks the 10th anniversary of her company. Lori is committed to contributing to her community and is a past president of the Rotary Club of Grand Cayman and is currently on the board of the Cayman Island Crisis Center, where she is assisting with their vision to create a new facility. A future dream is to start a scholarship program for architectural and interior design students so that they can study abroad. Lori is the proud mother of a 27-year-old daughter who also lives and works in Grand Cayman. Thank you for joining us today. We're so excited to have you here and to actually get to see your face on the screen is so much fun. And um, we'd love to get started with how did you begin your career in interior design? Oh, that's an interesting one. When I was in high school, I had decided I wanted to become an architect. And when I entered high school, I took, I had to take to take drafting, I had to also take machine shop, which was interesting. And I was the only girl in the class. So I took drafting for two years, odd little summer jobs. But I was self-limiting back then. Uh, my math marks were not, you know, in the 80s. I had to work really hard in high school at math, functions and relations and all of those wonderful things. So I thought, oh, I'm not going to get to university for architecture with math marks that aren't in the 90s. So I thought, what's the next best thing I could do? I came across interior design, which is, you know, basically like interior architecture. Uh, So I looked into programs and um, ultimately that started my path down the road with interior design. I was accepted into Ryerson University in Toronto and uh, the rest is history. How did you end up in the Cayman Islands? <laughs> I had a friend in Toronto who was from Bermuda. I was working for a large interior design firm, and her father got her a summer job with our company. We became friends, and she invited me to Bermuda for um, a holiday. I ultimately sent my uh, resume down, and lo and behold, I was offered a job in Bermuda. I spent about three years. Then I went back to Toronto uh, for about four years, and then I was offered another job in Bermuda. I had that job for probably about a year, and I ran into an immigration issue when I tried to change jobs. 
So I had to leave. And rather than go back to Toronto, I looked into options with the company OBM that I was with back then. They had an office in Cayman. So sight unseen, they offered me a job. And I my crazy, my, I'm a single mother with a five-year-old daughter. Um, but I said, you know what, let's go. If we don't like it, we can go. I am almost 22 years later. That's wow. crazy. So it's yes. not the, the easiest yeah. thing to start off in uh, an island, especially if you're not native to that island. So how did you end up working mm-hmm. it out so that you could be working there? And then, of course, you're now, you're a citizen there, right? Yes, yes, I'm a, I'm a Kamanian now. Well, I started the first company I was with, OBM. Um, I was there for about four and a half years. And then another firm on the island, uh, the principal used to work for the company I was with. He offered me a position to come and start the interior side of his business. He was um, purely architecture at the time. My business partner, Rodney, used to work at OBM, and then he had made the shift to this other company. So he had been there a couple of years, I guess, by the time I joined. So I joined, and it was really the closest thing to having my own business. I was kind of left to my own accord to grow the, the, that side of the company, which I did. But after sort of seven and a half, eight years, um, I always want my dream was to have my own company. So I went to Rodney. I had permanent residency at the time. However, I needed a Kamanian partner. So um, my dream was always have my own company with an architect as a partner. So it just all fell into place. I went to Rodney and said, you know what, it's time that we do our thing. So he agreed and took the leap of faith. And um, September 1st, 2011, we started our company. So we're almost 10 years old. Wow. Congratulations. 10 years is such a big mark to celebrate. Um, What are you planning to do for your celebration? Well, um, that's part of the reason we decided to rebrand this year. We felt it was time since, uh, you know, our logo and everything was basically a little sketch I did in sketchbook before we started the company. So um, I'm really excited about what that has in store for us. And then Sure, in September, we'll have a big, uh, a big party with past clients and current clients uh, just to celebrate our 10-year anniversary. Oh, that is awesome. Well, and of course, now that's 10 years. So what is the next 10 years going to be? Next 10 years, uh, we're currently looking at uh, succession planning. We've got an amazing team in place, and I think some of them, a couple from off-island, I think would really like to stay in Cayman. So, um, and we also have a couple of Kamanians on board as well. Um, we'll work something out, and they will uh, have part ownership within the company. I'd like to pivot to my role and be the true visionary for the company you know, work on the bigger goals and work with the team. A really interesting 10 years, and I'm really looking forward to it. Well, this makes me think back to when we first met, and I can't remember the year right now. I'll have to go back and look it up. But it was a few years back, and I remember you were going through a lot of stress at that time when we first met. And you are, I, I mean, I just think about where you were then and where you are now in terms of your confidence, your leadership, what you've done with the company. I think one of the things I admire so much about you, Lori, is you're so disciplined. 
You're so coachable and you do what you say you're going to do. It's always done well. And here you are all these years later. So kind of walk us through that period of time. Why did you come to us? And then what happened for you? I think it was 2015 that I found you. You know, the funny thing was, I was Googling online to find out interior design hourly rates, I think is what it was. And your annual summary came up. And then I thought, you know, I haven't, because I'm on a little island, I, I have no option for coaching or going to anybody to talk about the business here. So when I found out a little, I listened to some of your uh, training, I, I guess they weren't podcasts at the time. And I thought, you know what, let me look into this. And when I reached out, I knew it was very residentially oriented. Um, and I spoke with someone at the time, it might have been Hazel. And she said, you know what, it might be good for you to have a call with Gail. So I had my call with Gail, and Gail, you suggested a VIP day. So I, I came up to Denver and met with you, and I think the rest is history. Well, it, it's so interesting because to be in the commercial side, and yet there's a lot that really applies mm-hmm. from how to run a business. It's not just whether it's residential yeah. or commercial. It's really about mm-hmm. the structure and how you put together your goals for your company and where you're going to mm-hmm. take it. So. I've just loved watching you grow over these years and also grow your confidence level. Well, as I keep saying to you, I could not have done it without you, honestly. I think you you gave me marching orders and I did what you told me to do. And I think... That always makes me happy when somebody actually listens and does what I suggest. <laughs> no, but you know, it's it was it's great advice. I mean, I think you you give us great advice, and I know it didn't work out um, initially with me joining the boardroom uh, with the first invitation when I was going through personal things, but. Ultimately, being a part of Boardroom 2, you know, it was a fantastic experience. And I think learning, as you say, uh, there were so many facets of interior design that, be it residential or commercial, are are totally applicable. And Mm -hmm. uh, learning about your finances, learning, you know, so many aspects. And because we do what I would say selective residential and it was really helpful for me to gain further insight into residential design because it was a little bit foreign to me, frankly, uh, at the, at the time that I did start working with you. So I think with the help of, you know, the other ladies in boardroom too, and uh, can't forget Jorge um, (laughs) who used to be there as well. Um, I think that was, that was, that was really valuable for me as well. Mm -hmm. So what would you say in all of this transition, since you've transformed in the last few years, several years, what is one of the biggest lessons that you've learned? I think for me, this is personally and professionally, I've learned don't be immobilized by fear, you know, basically face your fears head on it's it's amazing what can happen and i think now that i've done that a number of times in my life both professionally and personally when i find myself feeling fearful now 
I realized that it's it's really telling me that this is this is an opportunity for growth because historically every time I've been fearful of something and I face it, I come out the other side and I've grown. I'm excited by fear now. I'm not afraid of it. Oh, I love that. I love that too. Gail and I were actually having a conversation the other day. I've had a couple of things that I'm like, this is freaking me out a little bit. And Gail's like, you're, you're growing. Like, this is the reminder, Erin, that this is what needs to happen. So Mm -hmm. I can completely appreciate that response. (laughs) What's the biggest challenge you've ever come? Biggest challenge. I think that was probably, you know, when I made the decision to become a single mother, (laughs) (laughs) this is a personal one. You know, I had an opportunity to, maybe it wasn't my perfect little white picket fence husband and the whole nine yards, but, um, you know, I've always been a person, don't tell me I can't do something. I was young in my career. I had been working probably about maybe four or five, maybe five or six years and made the decision to have my daughter. I really didn't have savings to speak of. Um, I just had myself, my grit, my resilience, and um, depending on me. And here I am now, 27 years later. um, I was able to do it, obviously, while maintaining a full-time job, while growing a a company, uh, and seeing how she's thriving. I mean, that that to me has been, that was a huge challenge. It, it, It actually, Starting my company pales in comparison to that, mm. but um, my starting my company would probably be a strong number two. It takes a lot of courage to start a company, and it also takes a lot of courage to have kids, and most of all, to do it by yourself. So, uh, mm-hmm. congratulations on all of that because that just shows how strong you are. That I've come, I've come to see that it probably took me a while, but I definitely. <laughs> So if you had a chance to have a do-over, what would that look like? Well, it's funny when I'm reflecting on this, you know, I look back at my life and maybe aspects were not as, like I say, perfect as I had envisioned many years ago. But I look back and I think I've taken the path I was meant to take. And every step, you know, moving to Bermuda, moving the opportunity to move to the Cayman Islands. I mean, years ago, I would have said, I'm a big city girl. I grew up in Toronto. I would never want to live on a small little island. But, you know, look at me. So I look back fondly now, and I I say, these things all led me to where I am. So I'm not sure if I'd want to redo anything. I think I'm, you know, happy. I'm happy with my life and where I am right now and excited about what's left to come. And um, so I look back and I I don't know if I'd redo, if I'd redo anything. Well, you know, I'm not sure if if, um, I could say I'd come back either if I could land on an island and basically, you know, wake up to that (laughs) paradise. You have uh, shared some pictures with us over time of like coffee in the morning and the ocean rolling in and um, it looks pretty, pretty incredible. I know Gail and I would love to come and visit you sometime. Now it's very, uh, I'd love to see you here. Um, It's very idyllic and that I've, you know, been living in my condo here for the last couple of years with this beautiful ocean view. I think that's been instrumental in helping me with my routine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I sit on my balcony and it's just, oh, it's so inspiring. 
Well, that brings us to another question, which I know you are an avid reader. I'm an avid reader, and I love to see what you're reading. I can't keep up with you, but what is the <laughs> I can't believe that, first of all. <laughs> it's true. But what's the best book you've read recently? Uh, I just read, well, as you know, with our AMP program, there's so many recommendations for books. So I read one that uh, ben, Benjamin Hardy recommended recently called um, The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. And it's a collection of his podcasts and uh, t- tweets on Twitter and um, other dates um, that he's come up with in his life. And frankly, I had never heard of him before uh, this book came about. But I listened to it as an audio book uh, when I was out on walks or in the car and um, just so many little gems of information and things that resonated with me personally. It's kind of a a great little uh, suggestion on how to potentially grow wealth, grow company uh, and grow your happiness. Just, I just loved it. So I've got a hard copy that I will reread and highlight but he also has a fantastic list of other books that you can read at the end of it. So that, that book really resonated with me. However, Mm -hmm. I will say I'm currently reading um, another book by Jim Collins who wrote good to great is called B 2.0 beyond entrepreneurship. And it's actually an update of a book he wrote a number of years ago and um, he reissued it in 2020 uh, with updates and further insights. It's an amazing book. I think Mm. it's going to be, you know, the new Bible of how I do things in my company. You know, it just, it feeds into EOS, which I'm doing and some other things, but fabulous book. I'm really enjoying it. Almost mm-hmm. finished. Mm. That sounds so you great. have been reading a book a week. Is that a goal or is that just kind of how it unfolded for you with being such an avid reader? Well, you know, the funny thing is, Gail knows last year, I was a little bit skeptical about audiobooks because I'm not sure that you um, retain the information as well as you do when you read it. Um, however, I think um, <laughs> the first one I read was Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. That was my first audiobook, and he read it. And oh my goodness, I was. So now um, my goal for this year, before I listen to Green Lights, was that I want to average like 52 books for the year. So an an average of a book a week. Uh, And I think I'm currently tracking of my goal, which is because what I'm doing now is I always have an audio book underway and a reading book. So when I go out on walks, I can listen to the audio book if I'm in the car. And then I've also got my book that I read every morning. I'll read a chapter or whatever. I've got two underway right now. I've got yours underway and, <laughs> and, another, oh, book that I'm, <laughs> and another book that I'm reading. Um, so it's, um, yeah, no, I'm loving it. I'm really enjoying the audio. And, and if, if the audio book is such as per the Jim Collins book, I went out and I bought a hard copy. So I I just, I thought this book is just amazing. So um, after I finish the audio, I'll go back and, um, you know, highlight and flag pages um, of the important things that I want to take from it. Mm, Great. 
Well, you're inspiring me to want to even read more. <laughs> I don't know if I can read much more right now, but uh, yeah, it's so great. And I know that for me, just going on a vacation, I want to read a book a day, which is great because all of a sudden you can, it, when you do that in a week, it's amazing how many interesting ideas you can weave together. So when you get a chance, you tr- be sure and try that. Yeah, will do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one of the questions that we asked you, which I thought, um, especially as we were chatting before we started today, was if you're stranded Mm -hmm. on a deserted island, but you're not on a deserted (laughs) island, you're on a very lush, beautiful island, but um, if if there wasn't another soul there, or maybe there's one, uh, what or who would you have with you? Well, I jokingly said I would like to be deserted on an island with a fish. 50 foot yacht. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> kind, kind of reminiscent of Gill- Gilligan's Island, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you're stranded, but you've got a few little creature comforts. Um, but no, I think I would have to have, I, you know, reading is so important to me. I would have to have my Kindle, my loaded Kindle, even if I had to reread all the books I've got, um, which I know there are some on there that I still haven't read yet with some kind of solar charger, I suppose, mm-hmm. <laughs> would oh, be necessary. Um, <laughs> and my iPhone with all my music and everything. And um, I won't even get into specifics, although Elton John and the soundtrack <laughs> from out of Africa would have oh, to be on. That. Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> what else? What else? Um, oh, yes. I said I would love to have my... Um, my down pillows and my duvet. <laughs> well, the girl's got to sleep <laughs> in comfort. And if someone, and if somebody came along that wanted to share, that would be cool too. <laughs> that would be wonderful. <laughs> Especially okay. if they'll share the truffle oil popcorn and uh, mm-hmm. the chilled champagne, which I noticed you said was your not guilty pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's definitely a guilty pleasure. I just, you know, and I know microwave popcorn is not good for me, but on occasion, little drizzle. And if there's some chilled champagne in the vicinity, it, it's a perfect pairing. (laughs) Sounds fabulous. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So tell us a little bit about what inspires you the most from an interior design perspective. I guess, um, you know, when I was back in Ryerson, which is where I went to design school, we would have professors that would come in who were working designers. And we had um, a couple of guys who had started their own company in 1980, Yabu Pushelberg. And they came in and they would critique and they would talk to us about design. And they were so inspirational. But if you look at how far they have come in the last 30 years, they've got, uh, they're internationally known. Um, Their design is just, they do everything commercial to retail. Their spaces are just so incredible. Um, They get into product design. So in other words, if they're a project and it needs a certain kind of lighting, they might design the light fixture just really, really inspirational. So they were inspirational to me back when I was in school and certainly still are with the work that they're turning out now. What do you think one of the biggest areas that you have grown in the last few years for your business? Mm-hmm. I know we've, we've kind of talked about parts and pieces of it, but just from your perspective, what do you think your biggest area of growth has been? I think the biggest, the biggest 
change for me that has been life impacting has been moving from working in the company to working on the company. So I, it's rare for me to do a lot of design work myself anymore. As I've been able to grow the company and are very competent designers. We, like I say, we've got an amazing team. You know, they're probably better than I was at doing design work. I mean, I really think they're great. So it didn't happen overnight, but I've learned to let go. And I think I've learned my ego isn't such that I have to have an imprint on everything. Can't tell you how it warms my heart when I see my team working together. We had a large um, project last year required them all to work together. I had one designer who was taking the lead and she basically had to delegate to the team. And they would ask my opinion as needed, but for the most part, it ran seamlessly and they did a phenomenal job. So I've been able to more of a design director role. Uh, I basically am the managing company of, or managing partner of the overall company. And I'm really enjoying that role. I get to think more strategically. And, you know, I think the tools that, Gail, you have have given me and the coaching you've given me really, really helped me to get there. I think had I not found you, I doubt I would be in this position today, Mm. honestly. Wow. Well, that's great. What do you, in your opinion, since coaching is not something that everyone does, why would someone seek it out? And what is the reason you should do it? And then when should you not do it? I answer the last question first. I don't know that there's a time that you shouldn't do it. I think mm-hmm. even when you get to the point I'm at, I think I will continue to do some form of coaching. It may change in terms of the type, but I am a lifelong learner as well. And I th- I think coaching keeps you accountable. I think it's, um, it's a method of accountability as well as honing your skills or helping you certain part of your life or your business. I think it's invaluable. I really think it's invaluable. So I think I'm, I'm so thrilled I found when I did because that was the perfect, it's just the time that the company was really starting to grow to the next level. and. The tools, as I say, and the advice, you know, I've I've learned that I am a pretty disciplined person. I mean, I, you know, you gave the advice, um, not everybody takes it, but I kind of took it, ran with it. It's been instrumental in getting me to the point I'm at today, which I think is, is only serving the overall company well, because now we have strategy, we've got things in place, we have processes, which is key to a small company. Mm-hmm. So I would highly recommend coaching, definitely. And I would highly recommend Gail Doby. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that. Yeah. You know, it really is, is amazing. And you are, I would say by far, uh, one of the most disciplined people I've ever met. I learned something from you because I know that for me, you know, I, I think I'm modestly disciplined, but I also see a lot of shiny objects. And that is something that is just the nature of being a learner. So mm-hmm. I just think you just have taken that right blend of ideas and concepts and you've applied it to your business. And I, I think the results are so exciting. <laughs> yeah, they are. I'm, I'm so proud of the company that I've 
I found and where we're at today. It's, um, you know, and I think the next goal is to create a legacy. You know, Mm -hmm. I want the company to be around, you know, when I no longer am. I I think we're developing something that certainly I think will be in the Cayman Islands for the long haul. Oh, that's great. Well, Lori, it's been so great having you on the session today. And what I'd love to hear from you is maybe three different ideas that you could leave our listeners with that they could apply from what you've learned. If you're thinking about growing your company, you've obviously hired some capable designers. I would say let them do their jobs, become their coach effectively, and move out of doing as much design work yourself. So that's a pivot I made, becoming more of a design director and working on the company versus working in the company. Number two, I would say face your fears. That's a big one. Don't be afraid to fail. If you do something and it doesn't work out, learn from your mistakes and move on. Try to look at it and say, what can I learn from this experience and move on? I guess another one uh, would be processes. I find for our company, putting processes in place of design, some of the financial aspects, Really, really important, especially if uh, you are, so it's easy to onboard people when you've got processes in place. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Lori, for taking your time today and sharing your insights with everybody. And I wish you continued success. And I have no doubt you're going to do an amazing job. Thank you, Lori. We can't wait to see you soon. Thanks so much, Gail and Erin. I've really enjoyed it. And I look forward to seeing you soon, maybe here in Cayman. We will have to do that. (laughs) You can follow Lori on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at Frederick McRae LTD. And check out her website, www.frederickmcrae.com. Have you had a chance to check out Gail's new book yet? It's called Business Breakthrough, Your Creative Value Blueprint, and it's on Kindle and for every registered buyer for June High Point Market, you'll get a free PDF of her book. If you haven't registered for market yet, do it. Go to highpointmarket.org register, and we hope to see you there. Next week, Cheryl Stouffer, CEO and principal of Crimson Design Group, will be joining us. Cheryl is a world traveler, philanthropist, and incredible businesswoman and designer located in Columbus, Ohio. See you then.